from the Game Nashville Studios, presented by Wholesale Inc. Mount Juliet. It's time to take you behind the scenes in Smashville. Cuts across, he scores! This is the Preds' official podcast with Thomas Willis and Brooks Bratton. Powerful blow from back of the net. On Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Happy July 4th weekend. You made it. Hopefully you can pause from looking at Instagram videos of fireworks long enough to listen to this show. <laughs> I'm Thomas Willis. Next to me, Brooks Braden, both of us of NashvillePredators.com. Josh Upton, our producer. Brooks, right off the top, after saying it roughly 67 times in our last episode, our NHL free agency preview show, Matthew Shane is a member of the Nashville Predators. The tw- yeah, the 20 minutes we spent on him. Worthwhile. It was worth Worthwhile it. 20 minutes. Yeah, so unless... This is the only place you get your Nashville Predators news, which, if it is, we're flattered. <laughs> but you're probably aware that the Nashville Predators made that free agency splash, signed Matt Duchesne on July 1 to a seven-year, $56 million contract. The deal that seemed inevitable for the last two, three, five years. It's been a long time the Predators have been after Matt Duchesne. Mm-hmm. He's coming to Smashville. Yeah. And I, I I mean, I'd say I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. I think it's a you, big deal. I think you have to be. It is clearly a move that fills a hole that the Predators think they had in their lineup, maybe not only last season, but the one before that. They make the move to trade P.K. Subban to the New Jersey Devils, free up the cap space, and then effectively immediately reuse it to get Matt Duchesne to be their first or second line center would be the place that he slots And as we so often do here on the POP, we'll have him um, in our next segment. Matt Duchesne, we will call him and speak with him in our Anything But Hockey segment, or at least as close to it as we can, so you can get to know him a little bit better. So maybe this is back-to-back episodes featuring Matt Duchesne a little bit. Uh, We'll recap the rest of the free agency moves. The Central Division, I feel like we say this a lot, but looks like it's gotten even a little bit better, specifically the Dallas Stars. We'll let you know where some of those other top names have gone. And then we'll answer your Twitter questions, um, as a lot of questions are already coming out. Now that we've kind of reached the peak of the off season, now people are looking ahead to, well, let's get these guys on the ice. Let's get training camp started. Let's get it going. And then let's also delve in a bit into development camp, which we just had to brisk away um, on our last episode. because we <laughs> Sorry, Dev Camp. We were too focused on free agency. But but first, Matthew Shane, um, the seven-year deal that he gets from Nashville. I know you said a little earlier that it was inevitable, but I think David Poyle, the Preds GM, and then even Matt himself said, well, that's not really the case. So why was him choosing Nashville um, such a significant move? Well, I think for one, and you you touched on it just a moment ago, it it fills a hole for the Predators, and you say, well, okay, they've got their number one center. Well, sure, but now they've got a one-two center punch, right? I mean, Matt Duchesne, if he would have been a member of the Predators last season, he would have led the team in scoring. And that's not to say if Philip Forsberg or Victor Arvidsson weren't hurt for long periods of time that they would have led the team in scoring last year because that probably would have been the case. But Matt Duchesne is a guy who scored 30 goals last year, hit the 70-point mark. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's a big difference. I I don't, you know, we're not talking about someone, you know, I wouldn't put him in the top five players in the league, but this is an elite centerman coming to Nashville. And I, I think something for me, and we'll get to there's there's so much more on this about just his love for the city and why he's here. 
But I think David Poyle said it perfectly in, in his statement. He said, our objective this offseason was to bolster our offense, and signing Matt Duchesne gives us another dynamic goal-scoring playmaking center. We are excited to add his skill and experience to our top six forwards and look forward to the next seven years of Matt and his family in Smashville. And oh, by the way, Matt's love of country music and passion for the city of Nashville make this partnership a perfect fit. And for me, not only is he a great hockey player, mm-hmm. he sure seems like he's a pretty darn good person too, who already loves our city. There's there's yeah. a lot of players, once they come here, they realize, wow, Nashville's a pretty spectacular place to not only play hockey, but to live and raise a family. Matt Duchesne already knows that, and I would argue that in the 20-plus year history of this franchise, there has never been an NHL player more perfectly built, perfectly fit to play here Mm -hmm. in Music City, and that's Matt Duchesne, and now he's here. I think you would also easily make the case this is the biggest free agent signing that the Preds have ever done. I think Paul Mm -hmm. Korea's significance is probably up there, maybe even higher. But as far as contract given out, I mean, David Poyle does not give out seven-year deals on July 1. Well, yeah, he's he's never never, never made the big splash in free agency. Yeah. Yeah. So even the naysayers about Matt Duchesne, and we tried to give that other side of the coin in our last episode, would point out that his 70-point season was in a contract year that he's performed a little better in contract years and that maybe he is a good second-line center. But their biggest fear was you can't pay your second-line center $10 million. And numbers like that were thrown out. But I think even those who were critical were quick to say, oh, eight a season? That's that's pretty darn good. And I think you get some benefit from the state income tax laws in Tennessee that they don't exist. But then more importantly, I think you get a player who wanted to be here that you just illustrated – and was willing to say, yeah, I'm leaving some money on the table, maybe. Like, Montreal really wants me to. We don't know how close Columbus and Arizona got as well. There are other destinations I could go, but just like Ryan Ellis has done before, just like other players will do, I would suspect Roman Yossi does the same thing. They aren't looking and saying, hey, Eric Carlson got $11.5 so I have to get that as well. They're saying, we're all playing this sport to win a championship, so if I need to take eight or nine or whatever my specific number is, I'm willing to do that. And I think even if you were more critical before he was signed, I think one of your biggest red flags was that he was going to get, in your opinion, an overpayment because it's July the 1st. And we talked about that. July 1, you have to pay more to get him because 30 other teams can do the very same thing. And seeing that number and that cap hit at eight, I think it all of a sudden slots you a lot into, okay, your first two line centers at eight each. That's not too bad. Yeah, well, and you heard David Poyle say on Monday as well that Ryan Ellis did the same thing last summer. As you mentioned, Ryan Ellis took a look and said, hey, there's there's something here that I want to be a part of for the next little bit, and Matt Duchesne certainly saw that. And there's two two points that I have here that I think are quite interesting to mention, and the one, just Nashville again being the right fit. I thought it was interesting that Duchesne said that he and his wife Ashley, Nashville – reminds them of where they grew up so Matt Duchesne from a town of Halliburton Ontario a lot of a lot of lakes in the town a lot of outdoors he's a big fisherman and we'll get into more of that when we speak with him but the type of place that you want to be outside you want to be doing things and it's really chill and laid back and then his wife Ashley is from Denver of course Matt played in Colorado for a long time she's from Denver and he says Nashville kind of reminds them of a combination of their hometowns. Everything that they love about their hometowns, respectively, he says, we feel Nashville has that. And 
they would take a visit here at least once a year. Yeah. He said, do the Broadway thing, but also go outside the city, which a lot of tourists don't do, right? They come down to Broadway, they do that thing for for the weekend, and then they head out. Matt and his wife, Ashley, are familiar with the suburbs, and they said, we can always see ourselves kind of raising a family mm-hmm. in the Nashville suburbs. And they've got the first one, and maybe there will be more on the way eventually, as he alluded to mm-hmm. when we spoke to him on Monday via conference call. But that was a real sticking point, is this is somewhere that I can see myself raising my young family for a very long time to come. And then next were his discussions with head coach Peter LaViolette. So Duchesne did have an in-person meeting. I guess Thursday um, was the day. Last Thursday, yeah, he was here for his for his day-long visit in Nashville, which was widely reported that that was probably Yes, and, and we talked about that, and he'd been to Montreal the day before, but David Poyle detailing that it was supposed to be roughly a 10, 15-minute meeting yeah. with LaViolette. And it was like 45 yeah. between Duchesne and LaViolette. And then and it, it happened again. And then it happens again at dinner. And, and I'm curious, and I think we can discuss this in future episodes, but Duchesne was saying that he just loves talking the game, loves talking hockey and strategy and how it all works, and thought that LaViolette was a great asset and a great mind for that. But that what excited Duchesne was just LaViolette's strategy of really, you know, running and gunning and going for offense and sending the forwards, you know, maybe taking risk in trying to create offense. And and so with that in mind, he's like, that really excites me. And it makes me wonder if LaViolette has not adjusted, but, you know, changed his offensive systematic strategy a little bit over the years because of the Preds having four amazing defensemen, four number one defensemen for most teams. Now is this more how his roster would have been set up over years, even when he won a Stanley Cup in 2006 in Carolina? I'm curious to see if we see a little bit of an adjustment in his on-ice system because he's got more of the forwards and the three strong defensemen, more like a traditional, you know, well-balanced team is. So I, I don't know the answer to that. I think, I think there's time to discuss that in the future. So that, that'll be interesting to see. And then finally, where does Duchesne slot? So we've already heard from David Poyle that it, he wants to put in with Mikhail Granlin at least to start training camp and see how that goes. Yeah. Um, looks like the Jofa line, as it's often called, remains intact at least to start. And that's an example of something we have said before. Of when you know what you have, you know it works. Doesn't mean you can't adjust it later, but let's keep a great first offensive line together. Let that chemistry develop even more and try some things to make the second line even better. Make it a 1-2. I, I see it as a 1-A, 1-B sort of thing where you yeah. see them play Roughly the same amount of minutes a night, 18, 19, 20 minutes per evening. And you know they're both going on the power play too, Johansson and Duchesne. Yeah, I would also suspect the Preds, and we'll see this, what Dan Lambert wants to do, their new assistant coach, but I bet you start seeing four forwards, one defenseman, maybe even on both units. Mm -hmm. I don't think you'll see three and two anymore. And so Mikhail Granlin is a player that they think can be a 60, 70-point player because that's what he's been most of his career. Yeah, we know that he has been. We know he's capable of that. Yeah, so does Duchesne make him that again? And then my question will be, and we can get into this in a later segment on this show, but who is that right wing? Is it Craig Smith? Do you try Kyle Turris up there? You know, how how does that work to see how those lines shake out? But the the main point of it is the Preds have now added one of the best faceoff men in the league, They've added a guy who can help on the power play um, just because he's done different systems. He's done different positions, even on that call, saying, I've been on the half wall, I've been in front of the net, I've done a lot of different things. And whereas Matthew Shane is such a good player off the rush, that's generally how he generates his offense, he's going to help the power play too, especially with Dan Lambert there as well. Well, and Duchesne, from his meetings with LaViolette, this line kind of stuck out to me as saying, as Coach LaViolette, is a guy who wants to score goals. He wants to push the pace. He wants lots of offense. 
Matthew Shane says, me as an offensive guy, that makes me drool a little bit, <laughs> yeah. honestly. And I yeah. tell you what, if it makes him drool, then it should be making the Predators fan base salivate a little bit too because that's what I like to hear from a guy who is as skilled as Matt Duchesne, as capable, and Coach LaViolette clearly telling him they had so much fun talking during the day. They had to break away at dinner too and have another meeting. There's a lot of promise there, and I think Matt Duchesne is really excited to play for a guy like Peter LaViolette, who's really well-liked by players all around the league, guys who have mm-hmm. played for him now and previously all love Lavi. I think Matt Duchesne is going to be the next one in the line to do that, and uh, certainly some positive offensive potential there, it sounds like as well from those two. Up next, let's chat with new Predator Center Matt Duchesne himself. You're listening to the Preds Official Podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Welcome back to the Predators Official Podcast here on ESPN 102.5 The Game and streaming on the Game Nashville app. Brooks Bratton and Thomas Willis of NashvillePredators.com back alongside you. And it's a pleasure now to be joined via phone by Matt Duchesne. Welcome to Smashville. We're happy to have you. We talked to you earlier in the week on Monday via conference call when you signed your deal, but congrats on the deal and welcome to Nashville. We know you're pretty excited. You've said it many times already, but now that it's sunk in for a few days, how's it feel to be a member of the Nashville Predators? Oh, it's great. I think, uh, you know, it's gotten better as the week's gone on. I think there was a lot of stress that went on with free agency and, um, you know, now that that's kind of over and you can kind of turn the page, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's starting to sink in a little bit more. And, and, you know, it's so funny. My wife and I, you know, every now and then we'll, we've been talking a lot, not even every now and then all the time right now, we're talking about different things about getting settled in, in the city and things. And, um, you know, we'll both stop every now and then and just be like, as if we're actually talking about moving down to Nashville, like it's just <laughs> been something that's, that seems so elusive for so long. And it's so nice that, uh, we're now getting the opportunity to do that and we're really, we're really pumped about it. So, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're actually coming down on Sunday, uh, Sunday night and we're going to be there for like three days, um, try and find a house and get ourselves situated. So, um, I'll be at the rink training while I'm there and, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be good to, it'll be good to get down there and get a feel for things a little bit and, you know, come to Nashville the first for the first time as part of the team. So it's, uh, it's exciting. With this being your first time through the free agency courting process, what was that visit like to Nashville meeting with Peter Laviolette, David Poyle, others, really getting a behind-the-scenes look at what it could be like to play for the Preds every day? Yeah, I mean, it was. I got a really good feel for the organization, and um, it was it was very. I, we just we just felt very welcomed, and you know, it was that. You know, not to sound cliche, but it was that. You know, and I know a lot of people in the organization, most probably aren't Southern, but it had that Southern hospitality type feel. And um, that's something that we've always loved about down there. Um, you know, where I'm from back up here is actually very, the reason we were so drawn to Nashville is it's very similar. Um, I find a lot of parts of Canada and especially the part I'm from is very similar to the South in the U.S. and a uh, very similar lifestyle and stuff like that. So um, we definitely felt that kind of family vibe and that, that kind of home vibe and um Lavi and I you know connected right away um I felt like we had a had a really good uh talk uh we had two actually really good chats and um I'm I'm excited to get to work with him and um I think you know it's it's always nice when you can um uh, work with like work with a coach and and uh you know talk things over and debate ideas things like that I like I like to do that and 
obviously at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're, you're just a soldier, but at the same time, it's nice. Sometimes you see certain things and it's nice to be able to play for somebody that, that likes to talk about that stuff. And uh, that's the vibe I got from him for sure. Matt, as far as the city of Nashville is concerned, I feel like a lot of guys, they know about the city just from passing through with visiting teams or when guys play for the Predators and they live here, they get to know what a great town it is. I feel like you're way past that point. You you know <laughs> what Nashville is all about. What Do you remember your first time here? Where does your, your love from Nashville come from in that sense? I actually do. I remember. I do remember my first time. Um we were, um, we came in on the road, just, I think it was like my, geez, it would have been, I'm not sure it was my first year. It would have been like maybe my fourth or third or fourth game in the league. We came in and I remember, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I remember, you know, just going with the boys and we went to Tootsie's and just sat on the, <laughs> actually on the first floor there and just, uh, listened to music. And I was like, Oh my God, this place is unreal. Like, cause I've just, I've grown up with country music. Uh, my dad played in a band when I was a kid and, um it's just been ingrained in me it's one of my it's one of the biggest parts of my life actually and um so being able to do that and sit there and and you know walk broadway a bit i was like wow this place is pretty amazing um and uh I, that's kind of the first kind of the first memory i have of it but i think what's drawn us there over time is just the fact that you know it's it's not really to do with the music scene it's more to do with you know the type of living you can have like i said it's it's a lot it's a lot like where i grew up up here and um minus the absolute freezing temperatures in the winter which is great uh, <laughs> that's, uh we're getting just some nice nicer weather but um no it's just i really like that that just you can spread out you got room to, you know you got room for your family to grow you got it's not like you're jammed in a and a townhouse uh, with you can touch your neighbor next door. I mean, it's not like that. It's you get some room, and and uh, I've always you know really liked that. And then you know, I, I, as I'm talking to you guys, I'm staring out at my lake right now, and um, this is my favorite place on earth. And and big reason for that is just because you just feel like um, you can get outside whenever you want, and kind of and and, and just you know, like I said, have that room. So uh, that's something that I've, I've always wanted to you know bring my family up with and my wife's from a small town outside of Denver. So very similar way she grew up too. And uh, just is such a great fit for us. We're speaking with Matt Duchesne, the new national predators center here on the Preds official podcast on ESPN 1025, the game, Matt, I think I can say this cause I have a seven month old daughter at home. I, I'd say your life changed very much. And for the better about six months ago, what's it been like being a dad with new son, Bo? And at least for me, it, it truly feels like she changes every single day. So I'm curious what surprised you about being a dad. Yeah, exactly what you just said. I mean, he, there's, he does something new or different every day. And, um, you know, it's a lot of work sometimes for sure. And, uh, it's a lot on, on, you know, the wives and my wife has, you know, done such a great job with him and, and just been amazing. I don't know how she does it, but, uh, just cause they're so at that age, they're so reliant on them and, um, it's, it's, uh, it's been, it's been amazing. It's been, you know, I, I, it's funny when they're born, you know, the biggest surprise I found is like, I thought I'd be just like overwhelmed and like, like so emotional and whatever. And I was, but at the same time, he was such a stranger. It was like, Oh, this, here's this little person that no one's ever met. And no, nobody knows. And, and you try and get a feel for him. Ash had more of a feel for him because, you know, she carried him for, nine months so she felt like she knew him but 
um, I, for me, it was the first time really getting in contact with him. And I just couldn't believe, you know, how, how kind of foreign it felt, but so comfortable at the same time. And, um, as time's gone on, you know, you get to know each other even better and, um, oh, he's the sweetest kid ever. It's, it's so fun. He's, he, he smiles nonstop. So, um, you know, you could be having a bad day or you could have something going on that's, you know, on your mind and then he'll just flash that smile at you out of the blue and you just start laughing and, you know, your day is so much better. So I'm sure you're having a very similar, uh, experience as I am, but, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Well, we saw he's already decked out in his gold Pred <laughs> yeah. sweater as well. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, when we came down, um, yeah, the Preds gave us all a Jersey and, um, that was pretty special. Um, very nice touch. Something that was unexpected. So, um, yeah, the day that, uh, that we agreed to the deal, uh, we had some friends over and, um, I, uh, didn't really say anything. And I, Ash, I, Ash kind of played it up with me. She said, Hey, can you take Bo up and, you know, change, change him. So I took him up, we were down at the dock on the lake and I took him up to the cottage and, um, cha- uh, didn't, I didn't need to change him. I should, it was the setup. I just, I put his, his Preds jersey on. I walked down and, and kind of held him up like, uh, like Simba on the way down when, they, when all the boys saw me uh, with his Preds jersey on and all my buddies went crazy because they love Nashville too so much and uh, we've been we've been talking about it for a long time and um, you know so they were fired up so we had a pretty fun uh, last Saturday for sure. That's awesome and Paisley the dog is pretty fired up as well named after Brad Paisley. Yeah that's right yeah Pays, uh, Pays loves being outside you know he's got that I don't hunt, but he's got that hunting instinct, uh, big time. I mean, he actually, he, uh, he, up at the lake here, he stands in the water and, and, and waits for fish to come close to him and then dives under the water after them. It's, it's one of the funniest things you can watch. Uh, so he's definitely cut out for Nashville. He's, uh, he's, he's aligned right with our family. He loves, he loves the outside, loves the, you know, he loves the fish, uh, like I do. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he's going to love it down there. Matt, I wanted to ask you about, I think it was 2016, I guess, the All-Star game that was here. I, I attended a prayer breakfast, heard you share your your testimony there and just the journey you've been on the last few years. So uh, I, I guess we've, we've touched on fatherhood and, and family and that sort of thing, but another big area of your life that defines you is your faith. So I, I guess I'd be curious to hear uh, your, your testimony in that regard. Yeah, um, I grew up in a Christian household. We went to church uh, on Sundays. Um, and you know, so it's been something that, uh, has been the found, obviously a big foundation in my life. Um, I, I'm very grateful to be a Christian and it's definitely, uh, helped shape who I am. And, and, you know, my wife's a Christian as well. She grew up the same way as me. Um, you know, I can't wait to pass those values on to Bo and, uh, you know, it's, uh, what can you say about it? Really? It's, it's just, I, I find it's, it's just, you know, every, every, I can't imagine not having that part of, uh, part of me, you know, just, you know, having that relationship with God and, um, you know, believing that there's a, a path for you and, uh, going into this free agency process, I just prayed, you know, every night I said, Hey, you know, just open a door for me, show me what one to walk through. Don't make it complicated. Um, if, if possible. And, you know, just show me the way, show me where I'm supposed to be. And, um, you know, it, I, I obviously had, I knew where I wanted to be, but it was like, okay, is it God's plan now? And I truly believe it was the way it, everything went down. It was a crazy process, but um, at the end of it, it couldn't have been more obvious to me what, what the right move was. And 
And, uh, you know, I give a lot of credit to him for that and, um, or all the credit I should say. And, um, I definitely, I definitely was read, led down the right path there. So, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully just great things to come and, and, uh, this, this good story continues. Well, Matt, we know you've got to get to your training, but we've got a couple fan questions real quick. We'll do a little rapid fire here if you're up for it. Sure. So I want to ask you first, yeah. uh, one of the questions that was sent in your favorite team in pro sports outside of hockey. Ooh, favorite team. Um, Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I, I'll say uh, I'll say Toronto Blue Jays. Okay. Okay, and then your favorite song to play on the guitar. Oh, favorite song. Um, Drink in My Hand by Eric Church is always fun. There you go. Nice. Uh, the last TV series that you binge-watched, if you have? Yeah, uh, The Ranch uh, on Netflix. Favorite Nashville restaurant you've been to so far? I love Kane Prime, uh, mm. one of the best steaks I've ever had. Nice. Who are some of your closest friends in the country music industry? Uh, Thomas Rhett, uh, Cole Swindell. Um, i trying to think who else. Uh, I've hung out with Dirks quite a bit, Adam Sanders, Dallas Smith, who's a Canadian guy, a few other guys. I, I've been very lucky to get to know, uh, quite a few guys jake owen um yeah those guys are awesome hey matt uh, thanks so much for joining us we really appreciate the time looking forward to meeting you here in person in nashville very soon and uh good luck the rest of the summer we'll see you down here soon absolutely thanks guys thanks Matt. up next we'll discuss nashville's other move in free agency and we'll take a skate around the rest of the national hockey league this is the predators official podcast on espn 1025 the game this is Welcome back to the Predators official podcast here on ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game Nashville app. Brooks Bratton alongside Thomas Willis. I don't even want to do the show anymore, honestly. I just want to go home and jam to that song all day. My goodness, you just played it for me, and like, what a start to my Friday morning. Eat some more barbecue, pick some dead fireworks out of your front yard probably <laughs> watch some more stranger yeah. things watch more of season three of stranger things <sighs> wow is that not good? too bad of a weekend good conversation with matthew shane in the last one let's talk a little further on what he does for this preds lineup and where he slots so one thing i did want to touch on the preds have roughly five million dollars available for this coming season or nineteen twenty. And I think there's some expectation out there. Well, let's go sign another guy. Let's get even Brian Boyle, a familiar face. Let's re-sign him or let's go get someone else. And so the restricted free agents, Colton Sissons and Rocker Grimaldi have been qualified. But yeah. at least from Sissons' perspective, I can all but guarantee you that guy's looking at a multi-million, multi-year deal. So yeah. he's not just going to accept his qualifying offer and play in a one-year deal. That's not good for the Preds. And Colton Sissons likely doesn't want that either. He's a a big piece of their lineup that can be in the top six on a given night. And yeah. At the very least, probably centers their third line. And just to clear that up, too, there was still some confusion on social media about it. The qualifying offers means that the Predators are working on deals for them. There were still some people like, what are the deals? Why haven't the deals right. been Well, they're not done yet. Right. They're going to get done, though. Right. That's, that's essentially what the whole restricted free agency, you get a qualifying offer, therefore meaning the Predators are then going to work on a contract for these guys. So they're not done yet. They will get done. It's going to be okay. And I think... 
one, two guys a year will accept that qualifying offer and play is on like the one-year deal with the Rays, but that's pretty rare because like we saw, which is a whole topic we can get into in this segment, but with the offer sheet with between Carolina and Montreal, like RFAs are young, protected guys that you want to build your team around. You want them on long-term deals. So my point in bringing that up is that that $5 million that's available is big chunk of that's going to Colton Sissons. I, I don't know. I'm making a number up here. Three? I mean, I think three is it. A totally fair number. So then you squeeze Rocco Grimaldi in as well. I think not only are you pretty much already committed to the remainder of that five, you may be even in a situation where the Predators make another trade or move to free up more space and set themselves up in a better position for the coming season. The names are out there already. I'm not going to start naming them all. But, of course, now that the Predators have like six, seven centers on their lineup, you've got Nick Benino, Kyle Turris. You've got all these names being thrown out. So, We'll see, but I did want to point out that I think a big chunk of that goes to Colton Sissons, and I think that's deserved because I think even if he's just on the third line, he makes it a lot better. That's a a good young guy you want to be around for a long time. Yeah, and David Poyle also mentioned Roman Yossi. This has been a topic that we've talked about many times on this program. Mm -hmm. He has had meetings with Yossi's agents. The relationship there is good. Roman obviously wants to be in Nashville. The Predators obviously want him in Nashville. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the next domino to fall this summer, as David put it. Now that Matthew Shane has been signed, that is the main focus. And, of course, they'll hammer out deals for Colton Sissons and Rocco Grimaldi as well. But getting Roman Yossi to sign an extension this summer is also top of mind. And, again, Roman still has one more year left on his current deal. So it's not Mm -hmm. as if this absolutely 100% needs to happen this summer Mm -hmm. for him to play for the Predators in October but it's certainly something the Predators would like to get done before going into next season and having to still worry about that as well. And it also, of course, for that reason, would not factor into that $5 million. So that would be on next season's salary cap, which, as an aside, we do expect to only go up incrementally again. So the expectation was this salary cap could have been about $83 million by midseason reports, comes in at 81.5. That's the player's right to vote on the escrow. They can raise up to 5%, I believe is the number. They chose to do less because of this potential of a lockout on the season and negotiating a new CBA. Effectively, they didn't want to blow up the salary cap and hurt themselves later on. So the expectation is, even for the 2021 season, it stays low. So that makes those dollars for Roman Yossi and the like even a bit more tight. Um, The Preds did make one other signing on July 1st, signing Daniel Carr to a one-year, one-way deal, um, which again, one-way, two-way doesn't mean the whole waiver thing. Like, he would have to go on waivers if he got assigned to the American Hockey League and the Milwaukee Admirals. It just means the Preds are kind of betting on him being an NHL player. And David mm-hmm. Poyle, the GM, said that in his comments. After signing Carr and Duchesne, he said, I think we're done in free agency. Could see a trade before training camp opens. But we got a guy in Carr who you spoke with recently that we think can you know is ready for a full-time job and will make our offense better as well. Yes, you can read more of his thoughts on NashvillePredators.com. But yeah, Daniel Carr, that was a great conversation. I'd, I'd like to have him on the show sometime as well. But he's he's a guy who was the MVP of the American Hockey League last yeah. year. I mean, he had 70 points with the Chicago Wolves in 50-some games. Mm-hmm. And I said to him on the phone, I was like, Daniel, like, congrats. That's awesome. MVP of the AHL. What do you think about that? He's like... Well, the American League's a weird place because nobody really wants to be there. Yeah. But it, but it's true in the, in the sense that if you're in the American Hockey League, that's great. 
but you want to be playing in the National Hockey League, and that's exactly what he wants to do. And he's got 100 games of NHL experience, most of them with Montreal, played six games with Vegas last year. He was in Vegas's system. But he's a guy who's nev- never been drafted. He's 27 years old mm-hmm. and feels like he's ready for another shot, and that's exactly what the Predators are giving him. David Poyle said, we think he's ready to be a full-time NHLer and contribute to our offense this season. So Daniel Carr could really be one of those under-the-radar signings that maybe you don't think a yeah. whole lot about right now. The new Rocco Grimaldi. And then, yeah, and then essentially, if hopefully he does make the opening night lineup, and, and anything can happen. It's it's a low-risk, high-reward type deal, too. It's one-year league minimum, $700,000. If it doesn't work out, then that's okay. Mm-hmm. If it does work out and he's able to chip in 5, 10, 15 goals for you, that's fantastic. And I really enjoyed talking to him, too. I think Preds fans, if he sticks around, I think you're going to like this guy because he's really excited mm-hmm. to be here. He knows what Nashville's all about. He's pumped to be in the organization, and he's really excited to prove his doubters wrong again. And we do know injuries will happen. Like, you're going to need more than 12 forwards in the 1920 season, and he gives Peter Laviolette another option in the Mika Salamaki, Freddie Goudreau kind of range and gives them him a winger, rather, that can go up and down the lineup. So I think you can't have enough of those um, to bolster your depth. We saw that, especially with the St. Louis Blues in their Stanley Cup championship run. They were a very deep team. They probably had 15, 16 NHL-capable forwards, and the Preds think they found something similar by adding Daniel Carr. Let's go around the league quickly to recap our free agency preview. Now, as we record this, Ryan Dezingle, formerly of the Senators and Blue Jackets, has not been signed yet. He's probably the top forward that's available. And then top on defense, I would say Jake Gardner, Jake recently Gardner, of the yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs. So, and then Joe Thornton and uh, Patrick Marlowe are two guys that are still yeah. out there. That Rumored to both be going to the Sharks, maybe. Yeah, We kind of know Joe Thornton's going to re-sign a one-year deal with the Sharks. That feels pretty, pretty certain to happen. But yeah, Patrick Marlowe, bought out by the Carolina Hurricanes, did not want to play there. Um, we'll see if he goes back west. That's where his family has recently moved, have been the reports. So, And then I guess on that same kind of vein, Justin Williams still mulling retirement or if he'll return with the Carolina Hurricanes. But other than that, everybody got signed. I, I was laughing to myself. I looked up TSN's you know, free agency tracker, and they said, here are the top 20 guys still available. Guy number 18 scored 20 points last year. So I was like, yeah, we uh, we basically signed everyone. So mm-hmm. All the big f- – predominantly yeah. the amount of the big <laughs> in the names first day gone. essentially yeah. Yeah, it really happened on july 1st which as we've spoken in the past really changed when that courting period opened up the week before july 1 mm-hmm. otherwise when it didn't really open until july 1st you would see guys sign july 5th 6th 10th sure. because they were just then meetings with teams but at this point like duchene referenced it on his phone call on he was like i made up my mind on sunday I, you know i told them and so then you're ready to roll on Monday morning versus a, a week-long period after that. So the biggest guy, probably the biggest name at the forward position was Artemi Panarin. He potentially leaves a few dollars on the table to go to the New York Rangers, which was a report maybe even a year ago that he wanted to get to a bigger city like a New York, wanted to finish out his career, or at least play the biggest chunk of it in a city like that. So he signs for a little over 11 with the New York Rangers and kind of fast-tracks their rebuild. Um, But we'll see. I'm still a little cautious on calling them all the way back. I saw some people saying, oh, man, now they can win a cup in Henrik Lundqvist's career with the expectation that he's got two, three years left. And then I'm like, well, your first-line center is Zabinajab. 
and that's assuming Capo Caco is going to be on your like other wing on your first line. Like, let's maybe pump the brakes on that mm-hmm. a little bit. But no question, Artemi Panarin is a point per game player year after year after year. So that's a big signing there. The Panthers do get Sergei Bobrovsky, the goaltender recently of the Blue Jackets, ten million dollars a season over seven years. A lot for that guy, but they they chose that um, they chose to attack fixing their team in that manner because they thought that goaltending was the one thing that we lacked. Borowski wanted to go play for Coach Quinville recently then of the of the Panthers, and, and they think that's put them back on the map. So well, what else stuck out for you? I know we've also written down here the uh, the first offer sheet we've had since 2013 yeah. um, getting signed by Sebastian Ajo with, from the Carolina Hurricanes to the Montreal Canadiens, but then the Hurricanes match it, so he will remain there for at least the next five years. They intend like. to match. Have they still not done have it? have not done it quite yet. Really? Okay, I thought they had matched. Yeah. Haven't figured that quite out yet. They intend to match, though, so we'll see. That's that's quite an interesting situation there. You were we were saying all along that does someone get an offer sheet? Yeah, it's Sebastian Ajo with the Montreal Canadiens. So, but looks like that's probably going to get done. Of course, as Carolina says, yeah, we're going to do it. You mentioned Sergey Bobrovsky, a guy who gets seventy million dollars. Florida needed a goaltender. Roberto Luongo just retired, mm-hmm. and James Reimer's on the move as well. Anders Lee re-signed with the Islanders. We thought maybe that was. A potential for Montreal. Maybe the Predators would look at him if Duchesne fell through. The Islanders are keeping their captain. Joe Pavelski, how about this? Signing a three-year deal with yeah. the Dallas Stars. And Corey Perry also going to Dallas <sighs> on a one-year deal. That Winter Classic just got a heck of a lot more entertaining with mm-hmm. those two on Dallas's side. Matt Zuccarello, a five-year deal with the Minnesota Wild. And then how about some former Preds? Wayne Simmons signs a one-year $5 million deal with the New Jersey Devils. Kind of a Wayne Simmons prove it type season to get back on the map there in New Jersey with PK Subban, of course, and Jack Hughes, an exciting team there. Ryan Hartman gets a two year deal with Minnesota. Our old friend Anthony Matetto signs a (laughs) one year, two way deal with the Winnipeg Jets. So we'll see Tony a few times this year. Hopefully, if he's up there with the Jets. And then our boy Vern Fiddler joining Kelowna as an assistant coach in the Western Hockey League. Of course, Dan Lambert used to coach there. Colton Sissons Mm -hmm. played there a hotbed for hockey in British Columbia. And then one deal, a big deal to mention that we thought would probably happen in some fashion, Nazem Kadri on the move from Toronto going to Colorado with Callie Rosen and a pick for Tyson Berry, Alex Kerfoot and a pick. So that's a pretty big deal there. The Avalanche, they lose Tyson Berry, but they get Nazem Kadri. So that's a guy, a bit of grit, a bit of sandpaper that the Predators are going to have to deal mm-hmm. with a few times a year. So that'll be curious to see how that plays out with Kadri and Colorado now. We have a whole off season to preview what that makes the Central Division look like. But at least on paper, it seems like the Dallas Stars got even better. St. Louis Blues stood pat. Chicago Blackhawks may be a little better. And I would think that the Minnesota Wild and the Avalanche are going to be competing for that final spot. I don't know that they've done enough to vault themselves up into the top three. And then the Predators are going to have a difficult path for a third consecutive Central Division. But definitely possible after picking up Duchesne as well. I think it's going to be tight, 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 tight as we play the nineteen twenty season. Let's answer your Twitter questions in the next one on the Preds Official Podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. You know, if you're Kygo and Whitney Houston's people call you and say, we've got an unreleased version of Higher Love that we want you to remake and remix for us, you do it, I guess, and thank goodness he did. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Brooks Bratton alongside with you here to wrap things up. 
Thomas handled the final segment for me a couple weeks ago when I was on a ferry in the middle of British Columbia, so I'll do the same here as we conclude on a 4th of July holiday weekend. Once again, great to talk to Matt Duchesne as well. Before we get into some of your Twitter questions, hey, the preseason is not all that far away. If you want to see Matt Duchesne's first game in Nashville, yeah, opening night on October 3rd will officially be his first official one. But if you want to see him before that, you can do it. Reserve your spot in Smashville for all four of the 2019 Predators preseason home games by purchasing the Preds preseason pack presented by Chick-fil-A. 99 bucks for Upper Bowl, 199 for the Lower Bowl. Exclusive benefits to members of the Loyal Legion, of course, including concessions and Preds team store discounts, as well as 2019-20 regular season games at Bridgestone Arena pre-sale opportunities. And most importantly, your coupon for a free Chick-fil-A sandwich. Visit NashvillePredators.com slash preseason for additional information. There was so much going on last week as far as the free agency previews were concerned, but we were also right smack in the middle of development camp. That went quite well, including the Future Stars game on Saturday night. The Predators have to be pleased with the 2019 draft class because all of the healthy skaters who were in attendance at development camp, they all scored at least once in the game. Philip Tomasino and Isaac Walther, they had two goals each. Alexander Campbell potted one, and Igor Afanasiev had one of the prettier tallies I've ever seen at development camp. Thomas has a clip of it on his Twitter page if you missed out on that one, or highlights on NashvillePredators.com. Be sure to check that out because it is a beauty from young Igor. They showed quite well. Dante Fabro also. You'd expect him to be the best player on the ice, and I think you could argue that he was. Predators assistant general manager Jeff Kelty says that he told Dante in his exit meeting, you're really NHL ready at this point. And as if we didn't already know that just from what he was able to do at the beginning, or sorry, the end of last year with his four games in the regular season and six more playoff games. But Jeff Kelty says, you know what? This guy is ready for primetime minutes, and that's probably what he's going to get this season for the Nashville Predators. Wanted to mention this to Dylan Moulton and Ben Schulteis, two Nashville natives who were in attendance at development camp. Really cool opportunities for both of them. Ben Schulteis took his first skating lesson at Centennial Sportsplex, and then he spent the entire week there with Nashville's top prospects in the system. Dylan Moulton's dad, he used to work for the Nashville Predators in the front office. So both of them have been around the game for a long time here in Tennessee. So really cool opportunities for them to get a chance at Predators Development Camp. We'll get to your Twitter questions now. We did get some from the week. We asked for a lot on Duchesne. We got plenty of those. We'll have to have him on again to get through the rest of those replies. But some other topics we wanted to touch on and Thanks to all of you again for sending in those questions. Hashtag Preds Podcast is the way you do so on Twitter. You can send them anytime. You don't have to wait for one of us to ask you. Want to be proactive? Ask us a question like these folks did. Kent said, with P.K. Subban on his way to New Jersey now, what do you think the defensive pairings will look like to start the season? I think the top four is somewhat, I don't want to call it easy to predict, but I think 
you at least have a pretty good idea of what the top four will look like on opening night. You'd have to think Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis are probably a pairing. Or do you take Matias at home and put him with Ryan Ellis, a pairing that we know has worked, it's worked in the past, and where does Dante Fabro go? If you've got Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis together, does that mean Matias Ekholm and Dante Fabro were there in the top four? I think those four players, that's what the top four is. It's some combination of that. If I had to choose right now, I'd say Yossi and Ellis, Ekholm and Fabro. The bottom two is intriguing to me. You'd have to think that Dan Hamhuis is still there. He's got one more year left on his deal. Who is alongside Dan Hamhuis? Is it Yannick Weber? Matt Irwin, Steven Santini, who came in for the Nashville Predators in that trade for P.K. Subban from New Jersey. He's a guy who's played NHL minutes and is certainly capable of doing so. That'll be some really good healthy competition on that bottom defensive pairing for Peter Laviolette and co. I think one of the top storylines to watch during camp is who could go in there on that bottom pairing. I think Dan Hamhuis, again, I've, I've got to think he's probably a lock to be in there. But is it Irwin? Is it Weber? Is it Santini? Is it someone else that we're not thinking of right now? Time will tell on that front. So yeah, the defensive pairing is certainly something to look for as we go along here. Uh, Brian wanted me to expand a little bit on Igor Afanasyev, which by the way, we've heard him say his last name a number of times. It is Afanasyev, straight from the man himself. Great name to say to begin with. Part of the all-named team already is young Igor. But boy, was he impressive. The Predators, we talked about it last week at the draft. They got a second-round pick in 2019, which they did not have originally. They then traded it to Philadelphia and got pick number 45 in round two of 2019 in Vancouver. Afanasiev was still there. When we released our draft preview on, on the .com there a couple weeks ago, we had Afanasiev as a guy that maybe the Predators could have taken in the first round. And they had him rated much higher than 45th in the second round. I can tell you that. They were stoked to get him where they did. And boy, did he look good. I mean, Philip Tomasino, give him plenty of credit too, Nashville's first-round pick. He was impressive during development camp, but Igor Afanasiev, that move that he made in the Future Stars game, and he was sniping goals all week long as well. I think the Predators were really impressed with what they saw out of him. He's a guy, he's a goal scorer, and I think he's gotten better over time at making plays and and getting the rest of his teammates involved in the lineup as far as things of that nature are concerned and talking to Predator scouts. But I, I also think there's some people in the organization who believe that maybe when we look back in the draft in, in five years, as, as it's always a fun thing to do to look back and say, okay, five years ago, this is what happened. Where do we go from here? Afanasiev might be a guy who people say, you know what, he should have been a first-round pick. So we'll see. Time will tell. But the Predators really excited on what they have on Igor Afanasiev so far. Ryan, quickly, I wanted to mention, he asked, what kind of Preds summer activities do fans have to look forward to before the preseason now that free agency has died down? Well, Ryan, there will be a used equipment sale at some point. We know that. We also know that the Predators are in the process of installing a new scoreboard. So certainly follow social media, follow the website. We'll have updates on that as the rest of the summer goes along. And then rookie camp at the beginning of September the Prospect Tournament, NHL Prospect Showcase, will be hosted here in Nashville as well. So those are some ways that you can continue to get your fix throughout the summer. And we'll, of course, keep you updated all summer long here on the POP of all the happenings in Smashville. This has been a fun one. 
Thanks again to Matthew Shane for joining us here on the Preds official podcast this week. For Thomas Willis, you can follow him at Tom A. Willis on Twitter. I'm Brooks Bratton. You can follow me at Brooks Bratton on Twitter and Instagram. Tweet us your questions, as always, using hashtag Preds podcast and follow at Preds NHL on social media to get the best Preds content first. Episode 42 of the POP here on ESPN 1025 The Game. For more, go to NashvillePredators.com slash podcast. We can't wait to meet Matt Duchesne here in Smashville. It's coming soon. We'll have updates next week on what he thinks of his new town, his new team, his first impressions here in Nashville, Tennessee, as a member of the Preds. And we will talk to you next week. Enjoy Stranger Things. See you, Smashville. <laughs>